Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Tuesday, July 25, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else but stick around. You might learn something new. Hi, everyone. What's up? Sorry for another week-long hiatus. Very, very busy over the last week, last week. But I'm back. It's 10.50 in the evening, which means I made it right on time for my Tuesday release. How's everyone doing? I know a lot of you asked me questions and I want, wanted me to talk about it. So don't worry, I will. So I will talk about hosting the TikTok red carpet for the GMA Gala, aka Gala. Some of the celebrities kept saying Gala and I got, I got kind of confused too. I started saying Gala instead of Gala uh, 2023. We'll talk about that. Uh, there's also something that I wanted to talk about. I don't know if we're going to make it a TT for how that is show. I don't know how big it got, but I was on Twitter this morning and I saw this beauty queen. Uh, her name is MJ Lastimosa, Latismosa, Lastimosa. And she said something about the Barbie movie. She gave her opinion about the Barbie movie and she kind of got low key cyber bullied for, for giving her, uh, har- I would call it a harmless opinion, TBH. And, uh, she was, she was, I don't know if she was forced to, but she deleted the tweet, I guess, cause she was scared or she just didn't want any more, any more backlash, which I thought was such a weird thing to, to, for people to do to her. I don't know anything about her really. I, I, I never saw her when she competed, but I'll talk about that today as well. But first, <clears throat> let's talk about the GMA Gala, man. It was pr- probably one of the biggest hostings of my career in terms of like, well, not just payment, right? But in terms of the the job description, it really involved talking to high-profile celebrities. And GMA, the thing with GMA is, like, I was never a GMA guy growing up. You know, full 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 transparency. I was a Channel 2 kind of guy. I was an ABS, CBN kind of guy. You know, I watched all the teleseries in the early 2000s during high school, mid-2000s rather. So, you know... Uh, I was really big on Forevermore and and uh, Tayong Dalawa and Maging Sino Kaman. Uh, but even before that, like I would watch my family watch Pangako Sayo and other shows like that <clears throat> and uh, and ASAP, etc. So going to GMA and I know there's a lot of crossover between artists, especially since uh, Channel Two kind of closed down, right? So a lot of their artists signed with GMA. So there was a whole state of confusion in my mind. I was like, who are the artists that are part of GMA? And of course, I know the big ones, you know, uh, like Alden and uh, who else? Like like Raver Cruz was there, Julian San Jose, to name a few. But then there were some some people from Showtime who also showed up. So Vice Ganda, Vong Navarro, and Curtis. Uh, Bay Alonso, I don't know, because I know Bay Alonso was Channel 2 for the longest time. I don't know if she's with Channel 7 now. So that, that was the, the thing that really worried me <clears throat> going into the hosting. But let's talk, let's go backwards in time. Let's kind of talk about 
how I got the hosting. So I got the hosting with a touch of luck and once again, having connections like I've talked about on this podcast time and time again. It's not about the grades you make, but the hands you shake. So the hand that uh, shook me into this deal was my good friend Lexi Angeles, my former radio partner on Monster RX 93.1 before she, you know, she pulled a turncoat and 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 moved to Q Radio 105, which sucks by the way that they closed down. I feel bad because I thought they had great DJs, great programs, great student jocks. I even did a little workshop for their student jocks and I thought they had great potential. Unfortunately, they kind of started uh, right before the pandemic hit and you know it's just a business decision but yeah so Lexi uh, was able to hook me up with the gig and surprisingly there wasn't much involved other than her just saying hey JC's good so originally they had another host in mind uh, but he was unavailable so Lexi was like hey you should go you know try JC and she didn't even really consult me on this she's just like hey JC are you free on this day do you want to host if if we get this gig? And I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. And there was really, I didn't have to send anything. Like, they, I guess they just took it on Lexi's word. I, I don't know. Maybe they stalked my social media and watched some of my hosting vids. But I didn't send any pictures. I didn't send any pegs. I didn't send any reel or portfolio or anything. And I did, they just took, I guess they just took me on faith, maybe. But I'm so happy that they did. And shout out to my girl Lexi, man. She she pulled through on this one, man. Appreciate you, friend. So yeah, uh, that was how I got the gig. So thank you to uh, the guy who dropped out. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed whatever you were doing, or hopefully you made you made good money uh, if you were hosting something else on that day. Uh, but it it gave way for me to to join join in on this this awesome hosting opportunity. And, you know, leading up to the hosting, there really wasn't much communication from the agency that got us for TikTok. Uh, or maybe it was just TikTok directly handling us. I'm not really sure. See, even to up to now, I don't really know who I was communicating with. I was just kind of coursing it through Lexi. And up leading up to it, since there wasn't much communication, and, and I'm not giving that, I'm not telling, you know, I'm not saying that the, this agency or whoever was working with us was bad. It's just like, I guess they weren't given updates as well. You know, they usually, they updated us as soon as they got the information. So we had one little Zoom meeting that Lexi wasn't even able to attend. She had work. So I had to do it uh, with other people. So like everyone was there and it wasn't just TikTok people. It was like the GMA Sparkle people. Uh, GMA also had its separate, another separate live stream, which was hosted by actually a couple people that I know. It was hosted by Martin Javier, uh, Rain Matienzo. I think Janina Chan was part of that as well. So it was like everyone was in a Zoom call. So even after that Zoom call ended, I did, had no idea what the fuck was going on, bro. <laughs> but it did ease my mind in terms of knowing the celebrities because they did say that they didn't expect us to know because they sent us this list. Uh, I mean, I, I could pull it up right now, but I'm not going to count how many names. There were literally like 300 names on that piece of paper. And even if they gave me a month, I would no way, there's no way I would be able to know each and every celebrity. So I tried my best. Like I went through maybe the first 50 names of, especially the ones that I didn't know. Like uh, there are so many, there are so many artists, by the way, which I'll delve into in a bit uh, when, when I get to talking about the actual hosting. But so that was kind of our, our, our concerns were kind of eased, but of course, they they said what what happened on the day of which I'll describe later is they they wrote the names down on a whiteboard, but the thing is like what if we didn't know how to pronounce the names right? 
Like some of the names are a little bit tricky. So I went through the names and I tried to find as many of the names that I was like, I wonder how you say this name. And I searched for an interview or something on YouTube. Uh, but even some of those I couldn't find either. So that was my like my biggest concern. The other concern, of course, was looking like uh, 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 a fucking civilian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, you've seen red carpet events, right? All these celebrities, they have all of their dresses and gowns and, and tuxes and, and suits are usually given or supplied for free or at a steep discount by, you know, these, all these great fantastic designers, just so that these designers also get some exposure on the red carpet. And me, you know, I'm an off the rack kind of guy because, you know, man, it's always worked for me before, but this is literally the first time I've ever had to host for multiple celebrities. Like I've hosted celebrity stuff before. Like I had a one on one uh, video interview with Bea Alonso, for example, in the past. I've done things with, you know, the cast of Stranger Things back in the day. I've interviewed Jason Mraz. I've interviewed a bunch of artists uh, at the radio station. But in a night where it's a red carpet and everybody's expected to look their best, I was really worried about off the rack, right? But due to the, due to the, I guess, the short amount of time that was given in terms of me being approved for the hosting and the date of the actual hosting... <laughs> It was only like seven days or eight days, which is nowhere near enough time to tailor a fitted suit uh, and let alone like try to find a tailor that could, you know, accommodate at all. Even if you could do it in four or five days, it's, it's you know, there's no guarantee. So I was like, shit, I just got to go with what I got, which is an off the rack. And you know what? I'll, I'll give you a little sneak peek of what I do. Uh, since, you know, I, I fluctuate up and down the way, I've had suits before. I've had suits that were tailored, but because of my undulating weight, I've always had to kind of buy again, buy bigger, uh, or, or tailor it smaller. So even though I'm on my weight loss journey now, starting since, uh, November of last year, I had to buy a new suit and I bought one at a department store. I think it was like Robinson's. I think the brand is like Danzen, I think. I'm not really sure. But the problem was the pants that go with the suit, the, their largest pant size, because they're lying, man. The department store says this is a, like a 38-inch waistline. There's no fucking way it's 38-inch, bro. I've worn 38 pants before. This thing felt like a 33. Like it literally would not even, my legs couldn't even fit. Like even before I tried to close the the button or whatever kind of hook it is uh, in the middle of the pants, like my legs wouldn't fit in there. So, but the suit fit me or the top, the coat fit me pretty well. So what I did was I went to Uniqlo and I found the, you know, those, they have like these black denim looking pants, but they look like, they look like dress pants, but they have like a stretchy garter thing, but you wouldn't know unless you pulled on it. So what I did was, I, I, I bought that and they don't match in color, but to the untrained eye, they're close enough. So for the past, I don't know, it's July now, seven, eight months now, I've been just wearing Uniqlo pants with a coat that doesn't match the color. Same with my navy blue one. Uh, <laughs> and no one can really tell. TVH, I've never had anyone caught. Maybe they do it behind closed doors, but... After every hosting that I've done since November up until now, no one said anything. So there, that was my other concern. And I just said, oh man, I mean, fuck it. I'm just going to wear this. And I didn't get any comments. I actually got a lot of comments saying I look good. So I was like, all right, 
But still, it paled in comparison. So we went, it was held at Marriott Hotel in Pasai. I actually thought it was going to be in BGC because last year, I think it was in BGC Shang. So for some reason, my mind was like, oh, we're going to BGC. But then it was in Pasai, so fucking far next to Resorts World. So we got there. We checked in with the TikTok team. We got our makeup done. We did a little quick uh, pre-prod number. But the pre-prod was so quick, they just put us in front and they're like, stand here. All right, stand there. Cool. All right. We'll see you later. And at this point, I was like, oh, my God, we are going to have our work cut out for us. So Lexi and I, you know, we we were radio partners for, what, three years, two, three years. So and but we haven't hosted together in years. I mean, radio apart, aside from radio, uh, our last event hosting together was like 2018, but of course, just like a uh, low maintenance friendship, I guess you would, I mean, of course, Lexi and I have that. We don't even really message each other all the time. I probably messaged her four times last year. But Lexi and I have that kind of connection where not just with friendship, but with work as well. It just kind of flowed so well. So how it went was it the live stream started around 5.30 p.m. And they just, it just did not stop. I'm telling you right now, I got one water break, which was like 20 seconds but for four to four and a half hours, it was one celebrity after the other over and over and over again. And it started with a bunch of kids. Literally, when I say kids, these kids are like probably 15, 16, 17. They are so good looking. They, they like guys and girls, man. They are just like, who, who what, what are your genetics? That, that's what I wanted to ask. I was like, how do you look this way? It's, it was incredible. Uh, but I'd never heard of these kids. I didn't know what they did. There's like a, there's like a, a group of teens that we interviewed, like, you know, a, a bunch of them called, uh, Sparkada or like the teen sparkle artists, something like that. And they, but it was crazy too, because we had to interview someone and then the next celebrity was ready to go. The next artista. So they would write the name on the whiteboard, but sometimes the writing, cause they're rushing, it wasn't super legible. So Lexi and I would sometimes look at each other like, what the fuck does that say on the whiteboard? What do we do? So sometimes we'd go with the generic, Hey, come on in. <laughs> come on in. They gave, they gave us, uh, quote unquote, uh, suggested questions. But one of the top questions that they, they, uh, encouraged us to ask. And uh, this is where I bring back my point from earlier is, uh, tell us about your outfit. You know, who are you wearing today? Very, very red carpety because each and every one of them had an answer that they, I feel like they either have wanted to say or they felt like they were obligated to say because they had these, all these awesome outfits out there. It was, it was crazy, man. Like they, they had so many names. I had never heard of these designers because you know me, man. I wear Crocs, bro. That's the kind of person that I am. So, but Lexi kind of was, was able to kind of tune into some of the names of the designers and was able to comment on that. So that's why I was really glad that I got to do this with Lexi. Besides our awesome, you know, chemistry on, in hosting, uh, she was able to add something that I probably couldn't <laughs> on that day. So that was one of the questions that we really had to ask. But since it was for TikTok, Lexi and I came up with some creative questions. You know, we would ask some of the celebrities if we had time. Uh, you know, what does your for you page look like? What is the last video that you shot? Uh, what's the last video that you saved? Some stuff like that to bring the brand into this, uh, discussion as well. But we didn't get much time to get creative because literally I keep, I know I keep saying literally, but because that's really what happened. It was just shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. Talk, 
interview, so they would write on their whiteboard sometimes, only ask one question. So you can't really develop a great rapport with your art, with the artist that you're interviewing if you're only there for like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And for the majority of the night, it really was like that. You know, we'd ask one question. It, it came to the point where I was like, fuck, man, I'm getting kind of bored. Let's let's do something else. Like, let's 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 spin things around. And, you know, I think we were able to to add some flavor to it. It wasn't a very it was there. Was, I felt like there was no dull moment because for me, the four and a half hours felt like two. So to me, that's that's a job well done in terms of making it fun because if it was a slag like if it was four hours and i was looking at my watch and counting down the minutes i that means that i'm not having fun and also that means that i'm guessing the artists were just bored too but it flew by man and you know i know i know a lot of people are going to wonder about like who did i like interviewing the most i will be honest with you in hindsight just watching some of the screen recordings that were you know that i i've seen of the hosting and playback uh, I don't remember interviewing like almost 80% of these people because uh, they were a, because they're all so good looking. Like I get them confused and B, like I've never seen them in anything. And I don't mean to, I don't mean that as a diss or a knock. I'm just, it was like a whirlwind of just good looking people coming in and us just talking to them. Of course, the ones that really, you know, something that I could say is like, I would be, you know, top of mind would be interviewing the names like Joshua Garcia, Bea Alonso, although I've already met her before. So it wasn't that surprising to me. The, the I guess the one where I was because I, I don't really get starstruck, like not anymore. I used to when I was younger, especially when I first started out here in, in 2016. Like when I, whenever there was a chance to interview a celebrity, I'd be so fucking nervous, even though I was nervous for this hosting as well. But Vice Ganda, man, was was for me. I, I didn't like, I was just so in shock to see this superstar standing next to me and Lexi. And she, he, I think he goes by he, he was so tall, like, and he was so fab. <laughs> His dress was just, ugh. It was, it was like Lady Gaga. And my mom said, it looked like Lady Gaga kind of dress. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but other than that, and I guess it also contributes to the fact that I, I'm not a Channel 7 kind of guy. So, you know, people like Raver, who is huge on 7 and Julian San Jose, uh, even like Bitoy, right? Like Michael V. I, I never really grew up with them. So maybe it helped in that sense. I was maybe a little bit more comfortable, not so nervous, but it was just so, so, so incredible. Like, it was such an incredible experience. Not just because of celebrities, but to have that feeling of that I hosted something on this grand scale. Because this is a pretty grand thing, I, I would say. I know a lot of people out there were like, yeah, it's a, it's a gathering for celebrities. Like, who cares, right? This isn't the UN or, like, the World Summit or, like, a political meeting, which would be cool to host, by the way. Like, a you know, like a United Nations kind of shit would be pretty dope. Um, but this was, you know, pretty, pretty big for me, man. And I'm really proud of myself and I'm proud of Lexi, uh, because we, I think we did a fantastic job, you know, as far as us not being super prepared because we, it was impossible to prepare for this in a sense, like in terms of knowing everyone, only like the, the handlers of GMA could probably have done it. Like they, if they know every single one. But I think any host who would take up this challenge, uh, if they did what we did, I think they could say that they did a good job. 
So yeah, that was the GMA Sparkle thing, man. I mean, I knew I knew a couple of artists who were friends who actually went onto the red carpet. So at least that made things a little more, you know, free flowing because we could be buddy buddy with them. But overall, man, just it was fun. I made a video of it, by the way. So if you want to go check out uh, on my Instagram or my TikTok, uh, it should be up there right now. I, I posted it uh, today, July 25. So if you're listening to this on a different day, just scroll back July 25, 2023 to, to see kind of the behind the scenes and the lead up and the actual hosting. So, yeah. There we go. If you have any questions, man, let me know. Uh, you want me to know who I, oh, you guys want to know who I found really like disturbingly not good looking, despite me knowing that for the longest time they were super good looking. And now this time they weren't. I'm not going to say on the podcast because I want to get another job <laughs> with them. But if you want to, if you want to know, man, maybe you should DM me only if you won't tell my secret. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the, that's the hosting in a nutshell. I'll probably talk more about it on Halale Show. So I'm sorry if there's any crossover with the Lecce fans and this podcast. I'll probably say the same shit on there. But to all the, uh, the solo pod listeners, you got a little bit of a sneak peek before Halale Show comes out tomorrow. The other thing I wanted to talk about since we're 20 minutes into this podcast is the, uh, the MJ Latismosa. Lastimosa? I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, she posted on Twitter a, about the Barbie movie and the, and she deleted it now, but she said something, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like the Barbie movie parang wale lang. Sayang yung 600 ko. So in translation, right, for all the English listeners out there, the Barbie movie, it was whatever. I wasted my 600 pesos. And people were just commenting on their, like, savage-ass comments, man. Like, oh, you didn't like the Barbie movie? Better not watch Oppenheimer. You might not understand it. Like, they were calling her stupid for disliking the movie. And I was on Twitter. And, you know, I never really reply to anything on Twitter. I, I try to, you know, especially if it's, I, I don't know. I just don't like to fight with people on Twitter because I, I, I feel like it's a waste of time. But there was one tweet that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, man. Um, it was, I don't know. Did they delete it? Oh, you know what? I think they might have deleted it. Did I get through to them? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> There's someone on Twitter who who tweeted a screenshot of MJ Lastimosa deleting her tweet and then saying in the caption, this Barbie is a deleter and then putting like a smiley face with the, with the star eyes as if she was glorifying that they bullied this girl, this woman rather, into deleting an opinion post. Like, I don't know, man. How fucking low of self-esteem do you have that you take pride in making someone feel ashamed for feeling how they did about a movie. That's just how I see it. Now, granted, of course, I mean, you know, I, I, I try to look at it in context as well. Cause I looked through the, the tweet, the, I was able to see the tweet earlier. I saw some of the replies that she had. There was nothing that kinda, uh, she didn't, she only, she didn't, the only reason she said that she didn't like it was, as if it was whatever. And, she also felt that it was like a school, it was like a school project. Uh, and even though that's not a good review, it, and even though it's kind of shitting on the Barbie movie, she has every right to say that because it doesn't step over any boundaries. Now, I understand if she said something like, you know, 
yeah, it was too woke or whatever, whatever. I didn't like it. But even if it was too woke, like, I feel like you could say that and you shouldn't be forced to delete it or get bullied into deleting it. But I mean, saying something was that movie was too woke would probably been more would have probably garnered more hate. But she didn't. She just said it was it felt like a school like school film or a student project or something like that. And I watched the movie and I can kind of see where she's coming from. The movie was pretty entertaining for me. All right. I, I mean, just to kind of give you f- like what I feel about Barbie, like I watched it last week. It was okay. It was pretty good. It was pretty funny. But there are some times when I was like, that's a little bit. I mean, it was a very self aware film. And maybe that's where you can kind of get, that's where I understood where MJ Lastimosa was coming from. I don't want to spoil the movie yet, but there's like one part where people are like transferring between different worlds and like nobody asks any questions. And I can kind of see that where, where MJ was saying like it felt like a school project because it didn't seem like there was any cohesion and you have to suspend your sense of, you know, you have to suspend your belief in reality or whatever the term is. Uh, and for me, it wasn't that deep, but. I, if that's uh, if that was her reasoning for why she said that way, I, I could kind of understand it. But the replies are just fucking savage, man. Like some are saying, like, what? I don't understand if this is from a different context. But one of the comments, one of the comments that I've seen a lot of is, "What can't she do?" And they're doubling down, saying like everything. She can't do anything. As they're calling her stupid for disliking the movie. And I, I don't know, man. I like. Whoever this person who tweeted this, uh, I don't care if they delete it or not, but I just hope that they understand that this is not something that you really should be doing. It just feels like you're kicking, kicking someone when they're down, especially when they didn't deserve to be down, right? I know people will kick people who are down who rightfully did, you know, terrible stuff or, or, or shit on people's like, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, I forgot the, I forgot the term. When you step on people's like rights and privileges, like I understand that if people do that and people are angry about that, but to say that a movie was not to your liking and that you felt like you wasted money, I say that every fucking time I watch a bad movie. And you know, I, I you know, Marissa and I were talking about it earlier about this 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 tweet. God forbid a man said this, and you already know what the comment sections are going to be. You misogynistic pig. Oh, it's because you don't have a, a, a vagina. It's because you're a chauvinist pig. It, it's because you don't stand with women. Like, imagine if you didn't like the Barbie movie. Yeah. Well, A, probably it's not your, it's not really meant to be for you. And, and you know, if you watch the movie, you know, it's really about, it's for women. Like it's really a women empowerment film, but you can still enjoy it as a guy. But if you don't like it, whether you're a man or a woman, if you say you don't like it, in this day and age, you have to have like, you have to have ammunition with you nowadays, which is so ridiculous to me. I, I mean, I, 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 like, for example, I, I think this was way back. Remember when Ocean's Eight came out? Ocean's Eight, and then even before that, or maybe it was after that, the the all female Ghostbusters movie came out, and I did not say anything online about those films because those films to me were garbage. But the reason why I didn't say anything was because they're like, oh, is it because it's all women? No, it's because the movie sucks, bro. Did you, did anyone genuinely enjoy the all female Ghostbusters movie? 
it was not funny. It was not good. They, they, I mean, you could even make a case for saying they use Chris Hemsworth as a, as a piece of meat eye candy, which I don't give a fuck about, right? But I could have brought that to the table, but I didn't care. Like, I, I get what his role was. Um, uh, and then, you know, Ocean's 8. I really hated, I totally tell you guys, Aquafina's hit or miss with me. And usually she's a hit, but I fucking hated Aquafina in Ocean's 8. And I, I found it just so annoying. I found that movie so annoying. It was not good. The, the ending where they steal the diamond or whatever, there was no thrill like I felt with Ocean's 11. Uh, and of course I, I'm comparing it to Ocean's 11 because it's an Ocean's movie. So, you know, stuff like that. I, that, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like sometimes you're afraid. To, I wasn't really afraid, but I just felt I didn't want to deal with it if somebody were to latch onto that argument that because it's all female, I didn't like it because you're a man. Uh, those movies are terrible. And you know what? There's a lot. Most of the movies that are awful are full of men. And I'm not afraid to say it. You know, <laughs> you know, like I really hated Tenet and I did not like Interstellar. And is Interstellar a Christopher Nolan? It is, right? Those are both Christopher Nolan movies. And I, I did not like either of them. Interstellar was fantastic till the last 20, 30 minutes and it ruined the whole movie. Fucking space aliens saving, like going back in time. So stupid. So dumb. Tenet, I, I watched it once and I never want to watch it again because it made my head hurt because I did not understand a single thing that was happening. Those movies to me were ass. Aquaman, one of the worst movies I've ever watched in my entire life. You know, Quentin Tarantino, as much as I love almost all his stuff, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was one of the worst movies that I saw that year. I did not enjoy a single, like, I did not enjoy it for 90% of the time. The only cool part was when Leonardo DiCaprio came out with a flamethrower and flamethrower the, the Manson family or whatever it was. You know? And uh, imagine if I said any of that stuff and people would come for my head. Uh, to the point where I would be like, should I delete this tweet? Uh, it's not right, man. It's not right. It, it's it's AIDS freedom of expression, and she wasn't hurting anyone with her with her opinions. That's where I that's where I was like really, I don't know. Maybe was I triggered? <laughs> I never really get triggered, but maybe maybe I was triggered because I felt I felt for her. I felt like damn, like you should you shouldn't have to delete that tweet, girl. That's what I would say, you know, if I was one of the one of her crew, I'd be like, girl, don't delete that tweet. Double down on it because people with, you know, the right sense of mind will understand. Uh, Most of the people I feel like who who were a lot of them were faceless, nameless Twitter accounts, as you know, you know, these pussies on Twitter. Oh, if I said pussy, right. Oh, you're no, I'm talking about these cowards, guy, gay, guy, girl, gay, trans, lesbian. If you are a faceless Twitter per- per- person and you are just using a faceless Twitter to bash people because you don't want people to know who you are, you're a coward. That's what I say. Like you're, you're, you're a pussy. <laughs> Is that, and man. Most of them, but then there are some uh, other people. Lakas ng loba, tough guys, actually, you know, doubling down with their real Twitter. Uh, and I don't know, man. <laughs> like the one that I retweeted seems like a person that you know, a lot, a kind of, you know, it's a, she's a stand-up comedian. I don't want to, you know, throw shade on her or whatever. Like I'm not gonna name drop her, but she seems like like some of my friends follow her. Uh, she's a stand-up comedian, voiceover talent, you know, like. 
it seems like, especially as a, a voiceover tap, I mean, maybe it was a joke because she's a stand-up comedian, but it just felt like it was farming clout from her followers and then doubling down in the comment section to just hurt this person even more. Whether in an intentional way or not, I just think it's wrong. So yeah, maybe I was triggered, man. Uh, you know, or maybe you guys, you know, maybe, and you know what, you guys, you know what, the 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 people that commented will will go come at me. I, they they're gonna say I'm white knighting. <laughs> look look that term up, man. A white, I'm a white knighter, and I'm an incel on 4chan, and I'm just trying to make noise because that's all I can. Yeah, you know, that's that's how it goes on the internet nowadays. Uh, but on the brighter side of the internet, once again, please check out my video on social media. I'm really proud of uh, the work that Lexi and I did. And I am going to be creating more videos. I promised myself that I would uh, to expand my reach for my hosting services, but also just to kind of get that creative juice flowing. You know, uh, I feel like still pandemic, the pandemic creative juices are still flowing somewhere deep within me. And I'm trying to extract that, you know, in a non-sexual way. So there we go. Enjoy uh, your week. I'm sorry I didn't post last week, but I hope this more than made up for it. And once again, if you have any questions, let me know and listen to Halada Show tomorrow. Rika and I are recording, so it should be out by tomorrow night or Thursday morning at the latest. And that's it. And I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 